This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Hello and welcome to the Publicly Challenged Podcast. I'm your host, Luke Oswald, and I hope you join me on my quest for knowledge to become a better public land hunter, angler, and forager. Stick with this and who knows, maybe we will learn something together. All right, real quick before we get started on the show, I'm just going to talk about Treeline Academy. You've heard me say it. I can't even tell you how many times. Um, Mark Livesey is treelineacademy.net. That's treelineacademy.net. Sign up. Use the promo code PC2020. Save yourself 20 bucks. Can't say it enough. It's awesome. Amazing. Most comprehensive e-scouting course out there. Check it out for yourself. Sign up. Use promo code PC2020. And now let's get to the show. All right, so I'm sitting here and I'm talking to Andy Techmansky, and if you don't know who he is, you're going to find out. And I learned, recently learned about a clothing company that's 100% made in America, so I had to get him on and talk about it because I get excited about American-made products. So Andy, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself a little bit? Well, I'm Andy, the founder of Forlo. Uh, as Lucas said, 100% American-made brand. Uh, I set on uh, making hunting and fishing uh, experiences better by bringing the, the best technology possible and fabrics to market. That's so let's, let's get into that a little bit more. Cause we were talking a little bit earlier, how and why did you start this? So I had this, you know, idea that had moved from brainstorm phase to investigative and uh, I went and hired some consultants to that that were from the apparel industry to help me kind of structure it to to put it more into a business plan phase and uh, and things started to to take off. We started to find technologies. We we started to find um, manufacturing resources for fabrics and so on. And then uh, I was lucky enough 
that the uh, then chief product officer of Kuyu had just left and one of the consultants knew him um, and, and actually helped place him in that position at Kuyu and uh, introduced us. And, uh, you know, timing was right. Uh, we, I remember our first call, it, essentially, I walked him through what, you know, my ideas were in, the, in that I wanted to build the best of the best. And the, in that, uh, you know, there was several pillars of, of the foundation, which were essentially building uh, with the best uh, fabrics, the best technology in the fabrics, you know, and, and we had found already some of the best uh, membranes, uh, some of the best heating, cooling technologies, scent control technologies, stuff like that. So he started to get really excited about that. And then uh, I walked him through how I, I felt like the the clothing I was wearing specifically in hunting wasn't keeping pace with uh, what mountaineering was doing and, and bringing kind of new ways to to be more durable, um, to, to be more breathable, uh, more functional, so on and so forth. And uh, that I, I wanted to have a no concessions design approach. And, and in doing that, essentially remove any constraints that would, you know, govern uh, something that, that could hinder durability, so on and so forth. I, I wanted to, to hire a design team and, and basically unleash them and say, build the, the best of the best jacket you've ever built in your career, build the best of the best pants, so on and so forth. Uh, and so now he was getting really excited. Um, and then, and then uh, I said, oh, and by the way, we're going to make this all in, in America. <laughs> and, and, and there was a bit of a pause <laughs> It, because uh, you know Robert's uh, 35 plus years of experience were uh, predominantly in Asia. You know he'd done very little little segments and styles here and there in the U.S., but never a whole program. And you know he said, "I don't know if we can do that." You know, I, but I'm up for the challenge. Let's see if we can do it. So it was from that day forward that that he came on board and uh, and joined us and, and added a, a lot of. Uh, wealth of of knowledge, experience, obviously, what was successful to one of our key competitors, um, and so on. And so, you know, that that helped us evolve uh, very rapidly. And 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 then using some of his network, we were able to bring on a design team. Uh, we were able to uh, to to bring on some of uh, Cabela's uh, senior product development team. Um, and some folks that were very, you know, Black Diamond, uh, North Face, you name it, Arterix, they, they had worked in all these major outdoor segments and in, 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 uh, companies in their previous life. And, you know, we got in the room and I gave them the same kind of spiel and everybody kind of still had the same pause at the end of when I said, and we're going to build it in America. Now, at the time, I didn't realize how important building in America would be to to our program and our program's ability to evolve rapidly. I was still very novice. I think I've I've kind of gotten a uh, trial by fire, you know, very quick education in in uh, in apparel and uh, and I'm quick study. So, you know, I, I know enough to be dangerous now. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, what what I learned about building in America and my vision was always Hey, you know, let's do it here uh, because we're going to have that pride in knowing that 
our complete supply chain, and when I say built in America, I mean down to the threads that, that go in the sewing machines, uh, you know, to the technology that that goes into the fabric and so on and so forth. I mean, everything is built here, right through to the, the to the uh, cut and sew and in uh, some of the technical manufacturing processes that we do. But, you know, my initial vision was I, I want to be proud that our complete supply chain is is earning a fair living wage. That was always my goal. That was still my goal. But that was my primary kind of uh, ask, you know, around around that. And what I learned was it, there's so much more to that. So we build it in America. Yes, we're we're paying a fair living wage, 100%. But what that does is, it also puts a lot more pride, and a, that pride translates into a lot more durability and quality of build in the product. So you're essentially getting a lot better product. The, these factories know their backs are against the wall in the U.S., and they know if they don't do it absolutely exceptional every single time, that they could get undercut from the international manufacturing machine. I mean, their, their people are making more, their overheads more, their costs are more, so on and so forth. And, you know, we're getting a lot better product here, but then it goes, you know, even further. We've got a machine here, this manufacturing machine here that's close. We can get in a plane and in two hours, three hours, be to any one of our factories. And we, we've got a lot of them. And, uh, and, so that means we can get to meetings. We can do uh, strike offs on color coloring. Uh, we can do uh, prototyping way faster than than getting in a plane and going over to Asia. And uh, and what we learned, you know, was that that allows us to come to market with new technologies inside kind of a 10 to 15 week lead time because our complete supply chains here, our fabric isn't on a ship going somewhere else to connect to a factory, to do cut and sew, to get on a ship again, to come to, you know, to America, to sell it, so on and so forth. We eliminate all of that. And, you know, our competition, it takes them a year, year and a half to do the same evolutionary cycle of, of a garment. Now we've, we've already had, for example, a rain jacket that's evolved. And we just launched this, this week with Reco, uh, which is a, uh, brand new technology to hunting. It's been used in uh, snow sports and, uh, you know, for avalanche rescue and so on and so forth. And we said, why wouldn't you have this in hunting? You're, you're already wearing camo. You're already hunting in a remote area. You know, you're in camouflage that that blends into the, the uh, you know, environment that you're in. And what happens when you break a, a leg and there's no cell phone coverage and so on? You know, and, and so we implemented RECO, we retrofitted uh, jackets uh, that, that uh, didn't have it. We were building everything that's being built going forward. Uh, we'll have RECO, everything being jackets uh, right now and then backpacks and it'll expand into other, other sectors. And so, you know, we were able to make that evolution. We've only been launched since July, you know, and so th these are the things that we can do when we own the factories and they're here in America. So that was that was a lot to unpack. So I got to kind of, I'm going to start with, can you explain the RECO a little bit more in detail of like how it got started, what it was used for? I just recently kind of learned about it. I didn't actually know that, you know, it was a thing for snowboarders and uh, skiers that 
that rescuers were using to find them in an event of an avalanche or something like that. And I believe like they even have helicopters that they can locate people or something like that, like a transponder on them. And it's like a basically an RFID message, right? Or, or transponder. Correct. So, uh, Reco's been used for for several years, predominantly in kind of ski snowboarding. Uh, it's an amazing technology. They they can actually find somebody with this technology that's buried twenty feet below the snow, you know, in an avalanche scenario, and and so it works that good. Um, you're absolutely correct. What goes into our garment is is essentially a a reflector. And it reflects the signal that is put out by uh, one of these transceivers. And they have two different types of transceivers. One is a helicopter bound one. So that one can fly very rapidly. They can fly at like 75 miles an hour and fly a grid to, to, uh, to find somebody. Um, and the other one's handheld. And so imagine the scenario that you're out in the woods on the side of a mountain. Uh, I get off the trail eight times out of 10 that I'm, I'm hunting, I take the trail to a certain point and then I say game trail and up over the mountain I go. Um, so imagine the scenario that you break a, a leg in doing that. People know roughly where you are, no cell phone signal, helicopters dispatched, it flies a grid, finds you, gives the GPS waypoint and then the search and rescue crew comes in um, via the, with the handhelds and they can locate you with the handhelds uh, exactly where you are, or if you're lucky enough to be somewhere where a helicopter can land, you've got that opportunity. So you've got something in your, you know, essentially in your hood uh, of your jackets that can save your life down the road. And, uh, and it doesn't take power. It's, it's virtually a reflector with a diode in it that receives one signal and reflects it back to the uh, transceiver. So I could see how that would definitely, especially like a sheep hunter or something, to where, you know, anything could happen that high up on a mountain. It, that would, that yeah. Would well, I mean, it doesn't have to be high up on a yeah. mountain. It could, you could be, you could be, uh, anywhere. You could be in, in, in the jungle. You could be, uh, out <laughs> fishing and fall overboard and, yeah. uh, and, and happy, happen to be wearing this jacket. So you know, it, <laughs> I wonder if, <laughs> if Wyoming will let you uh, start hunting. And if you were four low, you could start hunting in uh, wilderness areas without without a resident or a guide. <laughs> <laughs> I don't I don't think we'll be that lucky. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> but so one of the things is, I mean, that's that's pretty awesome to implement that technology and the fact that nobody else has done it. And, and I don't know if they've even had the, the thought to do it or just chose not to do it. But one of the things that always bugged me about all my hunting clothes and the 200% markup, knowing it's not paying a living wage for someone and it's going straight into the profits of, or the profit margin of a company, it just always, it kind of burned me, Andy. I'm going to be honest. As I'm wearing these clothes and I see the tag and it says made in China and you know, somebody in a factory in terrible conditions is sewing these clothes and then I'm getting them and I'm paying the price, you know, I mean, the price you pay is kind of crazy for, 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 I mean, yes, it's high quality and it's technical apparel, but at the same time, it's just, it always rubbed me the wrong way. And I always wanted a product made in America. And I, and I'm, 
is your was your experience kind of the same way or you found like there was some downfalls and there was some you know eventually some stitching because i've had stuff to where it was like the stitching started going or something like that you know it started as a little run and the next thing you know it, your pants starting to open up and it just kind of made me angry i mean was it similar there and that kind of the inception or well, let me let me tell you what i, I had two scenarios that put me to essentially start for low. And one scenario was that uh, I was wearing uh, a base layer. And when I got it, the first thing I noticed as I was checking it out was that the uh, the heat transfer wash instructions was backwards. And <laughs> I, was, I was already frustrated. And that's one thing that, that kind of pushed me, uh, pushed me over the edge and, and, and really started this. You know, the other thing for me is I grew up in a, a, a multi-generational family that, that um, are all hunters. You know, my fondest memories of hunting are, you know, hunting with, uh, you know, at the time, three generations, you know, myself, my dad, my grandfather. We've actually, we've actually gotten out with four generations a couple of times, um, you know, since I've had kids and so on. But being out in the in the woods with my then four year old, and I had my full set as we do, you know, as hunters. Once you commit to a to a brand, it's it's not like we're gonna wear uh, one brand's camo on the top half, another brand's camo on the bottom. It's like you're all or nothing, right? So <laughs> here I am, I'm all or nothing. In, in mine and I couldn't piece all that together for my kid and we're out in the woods and, uh, and, and my kid's looking at me, looking at himself, looking at me, looking at himself. And, uh, and I'm like, what? And, uh, he's like, dad, I don't match your camel. I'm, <laughs> I'm going to stick out like the deer are going to see me. And, and, <laughs> and I'm like, if a four-year-old can figure this out, why can't these brands figure this out? You know, and and so that that really set me on the path of you know hunting, fishing, outdoors, camping, all this stuff. Yeah, you have your solitary moments. I hunt by myself a ton, um, but uh, you know, a lot less now that I have have kids. I actually tonight just took my uh, my three year old daughter for her first hunt. Um, and uh, got her sitting on a log with my, you know, eight-year-old, and we're sitting out there, grunting and kind of sitting for uh, for for sundown. So that was that was pretty special. But you know, it, we we launched because with the idea of you know this is a family experience. We we're educating around conservation. We're uh, trying to teach our kids, our friends, so on and so forth. Uh, you know the the benefits of organic meat, so on and so forth. But you gotta you gotta if if you're gonna be this hunting and fishing apparel brand, then be one that that can outfit the family so that they aren't scratching around trying to put you know parts and pieces together just to go out and enjoy it with you. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, so one of the other things I've always thought, you know, man, maybe I could start a business, and I was like, I don't know the first thing about it. You know, and then as you talk to people or you hear things or you ask, why aren't things made here? You always get the response. Well, because it can't be done. It can't be done. And it, and I always thought to myself, I'm like, how can it 
not be done. We, we still have some manufacturing over here. Yes, it doesn't exist in the scale it once did, but I mean, obviously you've kind of figured that out. Um, I, what was, how, how big were those challenges when, when you initially started out with that? Uh, it wasn't easy. <laughs> I'll tell you that much. Uh, you know, we, we would, we had a lot of kind of two steps forward, one step backward. Um, we're still trying to figure some of it out, to be honest. You know, we, we, we have a lot of, of SKUs already designed, tech packed out, fabrics nominated, so on and so forth. And, and we're still, you know, in the process of evolving and developing manufacturing. And, and so I would say uh, we, we found the way to do it. And, and part of finding the way to do it is we conceded that, that it wasn't all going to be able to be done with, you know, contract and, and suppliers and stuff like that, that we actually had to own uh, manufacturing. So we made a, a big investment um, on the more technical side of, of the business to bring kind of the, the sonic weld and the laser cutting and the, the uh, uh, tape, seam taping and, and everything else and put that all into one house that we could do a lot of really cool things that hadn't been done yet. And to start to tweak that technology and make it better, uh, you very quickly enter a very small market in, in uh, North America. You know, our factory is probably one of two or one of three factories that has the capabilities to do what we can do under one roof. And the other two can't even do what we do because we've got newer technology, we've got newer equipment, and we've tweaked it to to be able to put out some really cool products. Um, so, uh, yeah, we've we've found a way of doing it. Um, and we challenge our, our vendors and we challenge our suppliers constantly um, to, to be better. And, you know, one, one good thing we had going is the U.S. military is huge. So, you know, the, the first place we started the search is where, where does the U.S. military do business and what uh, fabrics and, and trims and everything are they using? That became the base of what we could use. And then we took their fabric base and we put a bunch of technology in it, made it a lot better. Um, and we, we weren't able to really tap into a lot of their manufacturers because they're so busy building stuff for the military. They didn't, you know, we're, we're still small potatoes next to them. But um, I think now, you know, we've become one of the largest um, commercial manufacturers of highly technical goods in in the u.s and you know we've taken um we, we've gained a lot of respect i'll say with with a lot of vendors we, we've actually came out of nowhere uh i'll give you one example ykk best zipper manufacturer in the world hands down and uh we all of a sudden came out of nowhere and, and we're like yeah, we need uh 300 000 zippers and they're like whoa <laughs> where'd you guys that's like a military order they're like where'd you guys come from what's for the what for the love of uh, zippers, I guess, but, um, <laughs> you know, it, 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 it took a while for them to digest because we just been, we've been pounding them and, and they've built manufacturing around it. And that it's, it's important to point that out because it's not just the cut and sew lines that, that we support in, in what we support, you know, we've got half dozen or so factories building our product here in the U S 
it's the complete supply chain. And you look at what we support, you know, in that YKK factory or factories that build our, our products, what we support in the fabric uh, suppliers that build our, our factories and so on. It's, it's a couple thousand jobs that, that touch our products from start to finish. That's awesome. That's awesome. Anytime you can especially support a business and so, and, and support all these, you know, Americans, fellow Americans, so they can have a job. And one of the things that I did right away, not even knowing anything hardly about your product was order some. I said, I made a vow to myself about a year ago after having some, just some things. And there were some people we'll say in the hunting industry that really, really endorse these products. And I was like, oh, well, you know, they use it. It's got to be great, right? No, somebody's probably just in their pocket and stuffing it full of cash so they'll use their product. And um, let's just say that I was very dissatisfied with it. And at that point, I made a vow to myself that I never wanted to have a product like that again. And I would only get something that was high quality American-made gear if I could. And in doing that, I recently made a vow to myself to entirely slowly change out my gear um, and, and go to all American if I can. And so I did purchase a pair of your pants and a shirt. And I am, I'm going to say this, that I am truly satisfied with them so far, but I haven't really taken them and tested them. But from what I've, I've seen and done and played with them a little bit, I mean, they are a high, high quality. When I pulled the pants out, the first thing I, I looked at was just just the quality and the seams and the stitching and everything was was just looked to be high quality there wasn't any any defects or little minor things that you might notice on some some other brands or or a little seam that's un, coming undone or anything like that the zippers and then the inside and the feel of the fabric there was also a bunch of details on them on the pants that were just kind of the favorite things of you know, the higher end hunting clothes that I was like, oh, that's really nice. You know, like the waistband so your shirt doesn't come untucked and you get a cold <laughs> cold back while you're sitting or stretching or doing something. Um, I mean, just all the little details that come together to a pant like that. And then even the fabric, it seems just a, a bit thicker than some of the other competitors. Um, I think, and I think it's really cool that w when, when you can look at that, you can actually see a label that, you know, says made in America and, and, and you know it truly is that that's yeah. pretty awesome so so those i just i can tell those are the stretch 12 pants yep. you've given me enough enough of a hint to tell me what they are <laughs> um turn them inside out and take a look at them when i you have get a minute <laughs> i have look look at where every seam comes in where the seam joints you know the 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 pattern pieces come together they sewed in trico reinforcement at every single corner in that so you know and double stitched to make sure that where the pattern pieces have you know tension traditionally in any pair of pants you wear that there's so much reinforcement that they're essentially bomb proof you know th these are the things that that we do that that are the extra step and and uh you know, a lot of people, I always tell people to do that. I'm like, take those things home and turn them inside out and then turn the inside out of anything else that you own. <laughs> and you tell me if anybody else reinforced stuff the way we did. And uh, I already know the answer. 
So no, yeah, it's pretty cool. So with that being said, and then and the sh- the shirt, you guys obviously you just launched. There isn't a huge selection of different items, and one of the things that I kind of and you talked about it too was base layers. Is that something that might be in the works or coming soon, or or what's we we have base layers are available. Well, there's that, but that's um. Is is it both? I actually maybe I'm wrong, but so is it pants and you have a base layer shirt as well? So we have two base layer shirts in stock right now. One is a, a traditional crew neck long sleeve uh, base layer. We have that in uh, in two different camos right now. Third camo coming out shortly, uh, which will be our snowfall camo, and then solid colors are also starting to come into inventory and, you know, and we have base layer uh, top and bottom. So you're long, you know, long underwear top and bottom. We have a half zip version of that as well. Um, And, uh, you know, the base layers are an interesting story. uh, Really, there's more technology in our base layers than anything that we really do, uh, or more different technologies, I should say. The, The base layer that you have now is built for cold weather. It has a technology called Trizar. Trizar is awesome. It was built by NASA and Virginia Tech, um, which are very smart people. It was built for space shuttles. And if you can think back any space shuttle launch you've ever seen, um, where a space shuttle goes up and the cone, that point of the space shuttle is, is black, that is Trizar. That is built to reflect the extreme heat and then the extreme colds of space. Uh, so it does both. And so they found a way to weave that into fabrics. And so we've got the this NASA space certified NASA space technology that is in our base layer. Now, the interesting thing about Trizar is there's a heavy zinc complement to that. And, uh, and so it also is an antimicrobial. But then we go further and we said, that's, that's not good enough. So we married it to the best four-way stretch fabric that has the best wicking compounds that we could find on the planet made in the U.S. And, uh, and then put in Trizar made in the U.S. And then we took uh, and we said, we need to go further. And what else is useful that, that would make sense? And so we looked at what are some of the best antimicrobial and scent control technologies in the world, and we landed on polygene. And polygene um, is another antimicrobial. And so now we're the only brand in the world that I know of that actually uses two separate technologies for antimicrobial. And for those of you that don't know, antimicrobial is basically the bacteria instinct that comes with sweating. And so it manages that. And then we said, well, let's go a little bit further. What else can we do? Because sweat stink isn't the only thing that's important to a hunter. And we were the first brand in the world to launch using odor crunch and and using odor crunch and polygene in the same product and essentially odor gene, polygene and, and, and Trizar in the same product. And what uh, odor crunch does is it essentially takes foreign odors and assimilates it into carbon dioxide. It's all natural. So it's, it's, it's made out of silica, you know, sand. And, uh, and so, uh, you know, it essentially assimilates within minutes foreign uh, odors, extends the, 
life of that garment because you don't have to wash it as, as frequently. And I, I don't know about all you hunters, but I like control my clothes in a method of madness. You know, they go into a bag, there's leaves and, and branches and everything else in there. And I, I want to smell like the forest. And, and uh, you know, I don't like to wash it every time because once you start, I feel like once you start getting into the groove and, and in the hunting and it's like, all right, I got this shirt smelling exactly like the woods. I don't want to wash it and start over, you know? So all these technologies supplement that and help that experience help you, you know, stay warmer, help you wick sweat, help you control whatever scent you're trying to control and, and do it in the, in the best manner. These are all brand new technologies to, to market in the application that we're using them. Well, I just learned a heck of a lot more about that. So that means I have a base layer. It's not just like a shirt that would be an outer layer. That's meant to be, because I have the half zip. So that's meant to be worn directly the uh, next to skin then? Next to skin. Okay. Yep. Well, now I need to get a pair of uh, <laughs> the base layer pants, the, Now right? you need the, the bottoms. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So uh, with that being said, you've got your outer layers, but what about like a colder weather scenario or something like that? Is there something in the works? Like, Because uh, I'm a huge fan of like a grid fleece hoodie. And my buddy and I were talking about this the other day. I mean, there's maybe one or two hunting brands out there that have something, but there's so much more in like the snowboard world that he knows. And he's like, man, there's so much, you know, so many more options out there for, for like a snowboard grid fleece type shirt than there is in the hunting industry. And in fact, he wears one of his, is there something kind of like that in the works? That's like a mid, mid between layer or something. So, so yes. in two part answer. So uh, we have a, when we developed our, our core system is a, is a three layer system the way that you want to dress. You've got your base layer, which we just discussed. Our current mid layer is down. And uh, and we did some really interesting stuff with down. And I'll, I'll get to your fleece. It will be part two of that, okay. that answer. But And then we have our outer layer, which is, you know, Aerodyne, uh, which is the most breathable uh, membrane in, in the world. And, uh, and, and we can talk about that in a minute. But uh, the down program was an interesting development. Um, you know, it, it, it was something again in the U S there wasn't a lot of down manufacturing. We use hundred percent U S duck down in our product and it, it became a, how do we become a true mid layer? Because traditionally down can be too hot to be a mid layer across a wide, uh, variance of temperature. Yeah. Yes. You can wear it all day long in, in 20 degree heat as a mid layer, but can you wear it in 50 degrees? And the way down garments were constructed traditionally, my answer would have been no. You know, I, I tried and it failed several times. You just overheat. And so when we started looking at the down program and saying, well, down is is you know an awesome insulator, how can we design these products to breathe when we need them. And so we went through a, a ton of uh, rapid development. What we landed on is, well, there's two issues with, with traditional down garments is the 100% sewn and these things don't stretch a lot. And so there's a lot of tension on on the, the sewn parts, the sewn baffles, so on and so forth. You, you, these, these parts fail. If, if you really wear them hard, they fail. 
So we said, okay, what do we do and uh, to, to improve it? And we landed on uh, our perf weld technology. And we took uh, a technology uh, of, of RF welding these clothes and improved it and tested it and removed all the baffle, sewn baffles and put perf weld seams so there's absolutely no sewing uh, marks on the baffles. And that there's two benefits to that, really. One, it's completely bomb-proof and uh, indestructible. You're not going to break those at all. It bonds the fabric together, and it leaves about a three-eighths of an inch gap because um, it's a wheel that runs across that, that area. And this, the secondary advantage to that is that now you have a gap where sewn baffles tend to come come together once you got the jacket on and then there's no place, there's no air gap, no nothing. This promotes breathability through the garment. It does something else too, is because now we don't have all these sewing, everybody does this, okay, we, hey, we DWR treated our, our, uh, our nylon ripstop and our down. Then we put a bunch of sewing holes in it. Yeah, well, <laughs> how, how, how water resistant is that then? Well, when you eliminate most of the sewing holes, not all, you know, it's sewn around the armholes and stuff, but you eliminate most of them and you DWR treat your, your, uh, your, your fabric. Well, now you've got something where the moisture can't get into the feathers, but then we want to step further. We said, what can we do to protect the feathers? We want longevity. We want uh, to keep loft at any cost. And so there's a DWR process for the feathers that we took on and really only about 5% of the global market does because it adds cost, but it adds a ton of usability. It actually improves the wicking ability of, so the watershed ability of a down feather by 60%, six zero by doing this. So now we've got a down jacket that breathes when you need it to, and it's just not gonna pick up moisture. And you know that is your bomb-proof mid-layer. Uh, to, to get to your question, yes, down the line, we are adapting and coming out with some super high-tech uh, fleece, some stuff that was developed for the US Special Forces. Um, the first product that it's coming out in, in a matter of, one or two weeks is our is our beanies. Okay. Um, it'll they'll be lined with this product, and then that product is now being bonded to fabric. And we've got some pretty cool kind of mid layer hoodies and stuff like that that'll be coming out probably not before um, you know next kind of summer, but definitely in the works. Awesome, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. I was hoping maybe you were going to say, "Oh yeah, we we've got one in the works released next week, so I could I could wear it for the rest of this hunting season." But no, you'll cool. you'll be able to you'll be able to to play around with the uh, with the beanie uh, pretty quick. Um, but you're you're uh, you're in the indestructible down for now. Bear in mind too that down is is two layers of fabric. So nobody, nobody does that. We have like two, two layers, layers on of the outer fabric throughout that whole garment is double, double fabric. So inside and out, it's double fabric or the liner. It is different. two layers of, of, yeah, there's a liner inside that garment to make it even more bomb proof. Interesting. Very interesting. So yeah, man, <laughs> that's kind of, um, just, I've never thought of using down, uh, like 
I use down now. I've kind of adapted the whole Western hunting thing for even my Midwest hunting. You know, I, I, um, I kind of go in with just base layers and, and, and my outer layer on. And then if I get up in the tree stand and I start getting colder, I want to trap that heat in. I'll put on a pair of puffy pants or, um, normally I'm wearing like some type of grid fleece hoodie. And then I throw a, a real lightweight puffy over on the top and then I'll put either my rain jacket or something like that on. I tend to not really wear an outer jacket too much anymore, but I always try and cover up, like I'll take a layer and I'll cover up that puffy mostly so it doesn't get damaged. It's, uh, you know, one of the things you want to protect, especially if it starts raining or something like that. I don't really know. I've never tested the DWR rating on my, on my puffy jacket, but hopefully it's decent anyway. I've never had a problem with sweat, but, um, well, so, what we found with doubling the, the fabric is it quiets down, no pun intended, quiets down the down <laughs> uh, substantially. It, it, and I say substantially, we, you know, we're, we're finding it quiets down the, the down like 20, 30 percent. And and so you've got a quieter garment that's essentially more durable because you've got a little bit of safety in mind that your fabric's doubled up. Um, and I've tested it extensively for the last year. I actually made a point this hunting season. I said, I'm going to wear our down in every application I can as an outer layer. Um, and I, and I have, and, uh, I haven't gotten into a scenario yet that, that it's been too loud or, you know, yeah, I, I'm a little careful when I get around thorns. I mean, I am with anything, but you know, uh, I haven't had it tear. I haven't had it fail. Um, I've been in close proximity to game, uh, numerous times and, and, uh, you know, it, it, it hasn't failed us, you know, with that said, we're always striving to make things quieter. We're always striving to, to bring, you know, choices, some guys to your point, like, like fleece better than they like down so on and so forth. So, you know, it's all in the works. What what I'll tell you is we have 6,500 SKUs already <laughs> designed, developed, and in prototyping. Wow. That's that's a lot. So I'm guessing socks are on the way as well? Uh, you know, they might be. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> nice. So <clears throat> that's that was kind of one of my questions as far as testing. I mean is there laboratory testing involved too? I mean, what kind of extent does that go to as far as, you know, industry standards or is there anything that you're kind of trying to go even further than industry standards or, or, or yeah. how's that yeah, go? That's a good question. And, and and it's a bone of contention with me as well. Um, <clears throat> getting into this industry, I've now spent a lot of time in testing labs, uh, both third party and, and, ones that are owned by the, you know, fabric manufacturer that we're doing business with. We third-party test everything. Um, we extensively test it, you know, internally, so on and so forth. Like I said earlier, most, not all, but a lot of our, our product starts at a, a base of mil spec, of the U.S. military specification. So it has to reach, reach those rigors and, and uh, durability standards. And then we take it a lot further. Um, we finish it at a higher standard. We add technology that adds durability, functionality, so on and so forth. 
uh, one of my big bone of contentions is, uh, you know, was learning um, what all these readings mean. I mean, there's, you know, CFM and there's all these, you know, air permeability and waterproof and <laughs> this, that, and the other, you know, and, you know, and I've been reading them for years and you do what every other consumer does. He's like, oh, well, they get, you know, 20,000 and these guys get 25. This must be better at 25. And, you know, when you start getting stuff in the, in the lab and we all do the same thing, you know, we test our stuff, we test their stuff. You start to really learn pretty darn quick who's telling the truth and who isn't. And, uh, and, and there's more that are not, and, and, you know, it's not that they're trying to be blatantly, you know, uh, obvious about it. Uh, waterproof breathable membranes are probably the biggest culprit. And a lot of them will put probably what the membrane before it is a three layer could, could achieve before they slap a layer of fabric on the front and a layer of fabric on the back, and then do this antiquated DWR treatment that clogs everything up anyway. And then there's no breathability or air firm or anything like that. <laughs> yeah. You know, so, you know, they, they give you, they give you a reading. Yeah. That's the membrane, but it's before we did anything to it and give it to you as a finished product. And, and so, you know, I started to learn that early on that really fueled my fire. <laughs> I said, we are definitely not doing that. You know, what, what you see on our website is what you get. And you'll see a lot of interesting things. You won't see, any of our competition um, really talk about air permeability. Air perm is is the most important uh, stat that you could read on on anything, but you don't see it on anybody's website but ours. And the reason is because they don't have any air perm. And it's really the it's the difference between a active system and a passive system. And you know what does that mean? Well, our aerodyne uses this super cool brand new technology called pulse plasma and i'll tell you a little bit about it but you know the membrane already by itself before pulse plasma is even a part of the equation is already more breathable uh already has air permeability off off the wall and so air permeability essentially is a is a active system and what does that mean? It means from the moment you put it on, it's breathing. It does not need you to, to build an atmosphere up inside the garment, the atmosphere being you sweating your ass off and inside the garment and uh, it, it before it can even push anything out through the membrane to, to exhaust that excessive heat. And it's too late. You're already, you're already sweating. You're already drenched. You're, you're uncomfortable, so on and so forth. So this system breathes from moment one that you put it on because it has the unclogged pores. It has a lot of them and will actively uh, do that through, you know, pulse plasma treatments and so on. So what the other systems by large are passive systems. You got you to gotta sweat. Guess what? Before it works, and it's still not working that great. The big advantage of of kind of pulse plasma to a traditional DWR treatment is traditionally this is everybody in the market pretty much. It, traditionally, the fabric's finished as a three layer fabric, and then it goes as a sheet and a roll gets uh, a, almost pretty much a spray on treatment of DWR, and that goes on the face fabric on the outside in dries they've got a rapid drying process what that does is it clogs every pore on that on that 
um, face fabric. And what does get through the face fabric to the membrane ends up clogging what they have, what little, you know, they have for, for uh, uh, pores and openings and, and, you know, ability to breathe anyway. What the pulse plasma machine does, super, super high technical machine, this huge thing, it's like a big shipping container and, and, our, and our fabric goes in there is we actually do it twice. So the membrane's finished and it gets pulse plasma treated before it gets sent off for laminating to become a three-layer fabric. And pulse plasma close, it closes with the fabric in there, the roll in there, and it pulls a atmosphere. So it pulls a pressure that sucks the DWR through the membrane. And what that does is it doesn't clog, it coats every single fiber at a microscopic level. And it leaves those pores open. Those pores are like one, one ten, uh, ten thousandth of the size of a water molecule. Can't, but air molecules are smaller than that. So it lets air out, doesn't let water in, but it, it coats everything, doesn't clog. Then we send it away to get uh, laminated. We bring it back, finished fabric, and we do it again. So now we double coat the, the membrane, the face fabric and the, the liner fabric all get equally treated again at a molecular level, broken down to where it doesn't clog, it treats and leaves open, the air permeability is born. So there you have it. No, that's pretty awesome. On top of that is, uh, so my buddy, gets really, really nerdy about all the numbers you just explained and described, which I don't understand any of them. And every time that I need to know something about a hunting product or some type of clothing, I always send it to him and say, hey, what does all this mean? What are these numbers? How does this compare to, you know, so-and-so's product or, or whatever it may be? And then he's the one who always gets back to me and explains it to me and tells me. And so, he was recently looking for a, a rain a rain jacket and a pair of pants, and he just kept getting frustrated and saying, "You know, all, almost all of these, except for maybe one brand, doesn't have pit zips. Why doesn't it have pit zips? I want to be able to air out and be able to zip back up and and have even more breathability than what the fabric offers." And and um, he, he was just really mad. And then I started kind of you know chuckling because I actually knew something that he didn't know, and I and I sent him a link to your guys's product and he comes back to me and he's like hey that's pretty cool oh made in america i like that and then he sends me back another little message and he talks about the numbers and he's like if those numbers are legit because there's a lot of ones that he's looked at and he's like there's no way that these numbers are actually even possible to get he's like that's almost perfection and he's like no no product has that much given one without taking another as far as breathability you're losing some you know rainproofing or shedding of water or whatever how he describes it to me but um basically he's like there's no way that these products and then he looks at yours and he's like well those look like real numbers of a product you know and he's like and and it seems to be pretty legit as far as the higher end of your threshold for all these um capabilities and so it was, pr it was pretty cool to see that I actually knew something, sent it to him, and he was impressed with it. So really, it wasn't even me. It was you guys, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> well, the numbers are real, and he's absolutely right. Traditionally, and, and even with our technology, uh, there's only so much you can do with it. I mean, we've pushed the envelope, and we've got the perfect recipe. But yeah, if you go through the roof 
waterproofability, uh, your your breathability suffers. Um, and the 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 beauty behind ours being basically the only active uh, membrane in hunting fishing market, hands down globally, uh, is that you know we we are already ultra breathable. And and I'll tell you, it feels when you, when you have been so used to wearing the other guy's stuff, you know, the, I won't name names, but yep. you know what I'm talking about. You know, the stuff that's been on the market that everybody's worn for so long and you're just so used to sweating at a certain threshold and you're so used to like feeling like you're wearing a trash bag. When you put our stuff on <laughs> the first few times you wear it and you're breathing, it's breathing actively around you. It, it feels completely foreign. Until the point that you start to uh, to uh, appreciate it and and realize the benefit, you you have to almost teach your body like, oh yeah, this is what comfort is supposed to be. And yeah, we have pit zips and stuff like that, but you know our design team and even the even the the manufacturer membranes like you really don't need them, you know. But um, you know they're they're a design element that um, that it's good to have. And it, it allows you to enter into a lot of different temperature ranges, you know, and so it extends the season of that garment. And, you know, you're, you're paying a lot of money for, for our products. They're great products. Um, you know, we don't have the margins being made in America that, that our competitors do, uh, but we beat their technology across the board, 100%. Yeah, that's, that's really cool. Like even the pants. I, I thought it was pretty cool to have the zips in the pants for venting as well, just because how many times you finally get to your destination because you know you're going to be, especially in, in the whitetail woods, once again, you know, going to a tree stand or hiking in to go set up. And by the time you get there, you're you're kind of sweaty and, and hot. And it's like, man, that you know, why don't these other pants have it? So it's, it's pretty I cool. I wore those pants. I... I literally had them on an hour ago when I got back from, from a hunt with my kids. Um, and it was just starting to snow here, um, probably 30 degrees, somewhere around there, but I've, I've worn them down to single digits with wind chill in the negatives around negative five, negative eight, all the way up to in the mid nineties with the, and, the you know, stretch. To, to be able to wear one pant. And they, like you said, they're a heavy pant because they're built to be, durable, you know, functional. They, you're, you're not gonna, you're not gonna wear those things out in, in a handful of hunts, but to add that functionality, to open them up and, uh, in, in their ability to wick when you need it, you slap a pair of long johns, you know, on underneath them when it gets cold and you just keep going. So how, how durable are those pants? Have you tested them in like thorns and briars? Yeah, let me let me tell you a little something about durability. <laughs> so, <laughs> we 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 reinforce everything, as I said, uh, and we found a technology that's employed in those pants uh, that we call our Forlow synthetic suede. This was uh, born from the U.S. auto industry. It, it actually came from upholstery. And one of the big benefits of building in the U.S. is we've got a really great auto industry that has created some stuff, you know, that 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 lasts the you know the stand of time, you know. And so uh, we found this stuff. We made some improvements to it. 
it's first off, it's super quiet. And then we said, well, we need to test this. You know, here, here's what the manufacturer, uh, and this is one case where the manufacturer was testing to a certain standard and they said, hey, we need to get this abrasion rating from it. And they tested to that abrasion rating and they got it and they never tested it any further. And I said, well, how far will this stuff go? And so we've got this, this foam bonded um, pad that's on the knees of those pants that you have. And by the way, they're printed to the same camo because other guys like to, you know, take the cheap route and, and put solid colors on camo pants. Not like, naming any names, kind of, but we know kind of, I own a pair. Kind of, de- kind of <laughs> defeats the purpose of having a camo on in the first place. <laughs> And, and and you say you saved uh, you saved about you know fifty cents for that garment. Good job. But you know it, it, it. So we said one day, let's see how far we put it on the same uh, abrasion testing as as our competitions using on theirs. Yeah, exact same machine. Um, they they were getting uh, fifty fifty one thousand cycles, I believe, on that machine. And uh, we said, let's see where it'll test in this third party lab. And so we put it in there. They put it on the machine, got it started at 9 a.m. And it starts, you know, going through and going through and going through and going through this test. And uh, they called us at 4.45 and they said, hey, um, just want to give you an update on these pants. And they said, okay. And uh, I'll never forget the girl goes, we're at 146,000 cycles, but we got to turn the machine off because we all got to go home tonight. (laughs) I'm (laughs) I'm like, okay we got something really solid there. So we are going to, we we're using it there. It's actually, we're, we've employed that on our outer layer stuff as well. So it's on the elbows and a couple other places on the outer layer to you know, give you a little bit of silence when you scrape against a branch, but also, you know, this thing there's, that means 146,000 times and they had to turn the machine off. It still hadn't, it still hadn't failed, but let's just talk about 146 thousand times that you could take a knee on a rock while wearing those pants. I don't even know if I've taken a knee 146,000 <laughs> times in my life or if I will, but you know, you know where I'm going with this. I mean, it's something that is going to last forever. I don't, I don't know if I've ever kneeled on a rock 147,000 times, but I know that within <laughs> yeah. uh, one of the two main brands, or we'll say there's probably more than that, but one of the two main brands that you use, one of the pairs of pants it literally lasted maybe a season and a half before they're starting to get shredded. And one of the places I hunt, especially early season, I go through and it's just thorns and briars everywhere. And those pants this year are really starting to look, show that they're getting worn. And I'm like, man. And then. Well, here's, here's, here's another thing that's great about the being direct to consumer and, and having our own factories here in the U S too, is that we constantly evolve. So, you know, as we get feedback from hunters like you, we evolve, we evolve and evolve and improve our products mid cycle. We, we don't have to, we don't have to say, Hey, that's the style that is for this year. That style is actually evolving throughout the year. We're making improvements as we go, you know, the back to the reco thing, you know, we, when we find a technology, it makes sense we started to, to implement it and roll it in. We don't wait a year, you know, make you suffer for a year, <laughs> you know? So yeah. it, it's just a constant evolution to, to be the best. No, that's pretty cool. Andy, I thank you for coming on. 
sharing all your knowledge and, and especially your passion for making something here in the United States. I can't say how awesome it was when I actually found out about a product that was made here. I mean, that was just, it was amazing. And I first thing I was like, man, I wonder if this is going to be legit or is it just going to be some type of, you know, scam or, and I ordered the pants and I was, I was thoroughly impressed with that. And, and I haven't really tried the shirt out a whole lot yet, but I'm definitely going to now, now that you told me it's direct against skin, let's see what this technology can do. And, uh, I appreciate it, man. I, I really appreciate you coming on and sharing it. And, um, I'm sure I'll probably try and reach out to you with as many questions as I have later on with the gear or whatever. And, um, can, but before we go, can you, can you kind of share with everybody where they can find these products and if they want to reach out to somebody to get more information about them, where can they do that? Sure. Good, good question. So right now, um, the best place to find our products is at forlo.com. F-O-R-L-O-H. Forlo, by the way, stands for for love of hunting. And, uh, that was a hard name to come up with. Um, and, uh, and we have a retail, our only retail store, which is on Central Ave in Whitefish, Montana, with plans, by the way, to, to open several other uh, stores over the next uh, year. Um, we have a, a really good customer service department. So the numbers on the website, um, feel free to, to reach out. And, you know, one thing I'll, I'll leave you with is that we're just getting started. You know, we, we launched in July. Your full kit is there waiting for you. 6,500 SKUs coming down the line. And those are all coming out over the next 18 to 24 months. And so, you know, right around the corner, spring, summer lineup, it's going to be huge. Everything that we do that's great for cooling and scent or heating and scent control, we have an equivalent awesome technology coming out and the cooling side with all the same attributes of, of scent control. Um, and, you know, we've got a lot of solids coming out too over the next, you know, several weeks. So uh, lots uh, going on and, and, you know, we appreciate uh, the support that we've gotten so far. And I know it's hard to kind of migrate to a, to a new brand and whatnot, but uh, give us a shot and, uh, and support the American manufacturing machine. Absolutely. Every time, man, when I see that, that flag on the label of anything, it makes me want to gravitate to it. So I don't think you'll have a, a real big problem with that. Well, great. All right, Andy, I appreciate you coming on and talking to us. It was, it was definitely good talking to you. Well, take care. Yeah. Well, appreciate, uh, appreciate you being a part of it. Thank you. Absolutely. Once again, thank you so much for listening to the Publicly Challenged podcast. I hope you enjoyed the show. And if you did, please subscribe on whatever platform it is you're listening to. Also, if you could leave a review, that would help us out. And you can check us out on Instagram or at publiclychallenged.com. And once again, thank you so much for listening to the show. Through the Blackwater bayous and in the dark Louisiana night floats a duck camp, alive with the sounds of swamp pop and the smells of Cajun cooking. From the Mississippi Delta in Venice to the Cajun prairies of the Southwest, me and the duck camp dinner crew will be hunting and eating it all. This 
is Duck Camp Dinner. Join me, Chef Jean-Paul Bourgeois, and the whole crew every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV. A life that has the stories to back it. A life to be proud of. It's a Winchester life. Yeah, baby. 6-8 Western. A mule there, baby. Right there. Tune in every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV.